This is the Chronically Fully Sick podcast. My name is Chloe. My name is Jo. Before we start, I'd like to acknowledge that today we're recording on the stolen lands of the Eora and Kulin nations. Sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thank you, Jo. This is uh, episode numero uno, right? Yes. That means number are... one. <laughs> Thank you so much. I do not speak Spanish. We are two chronically fully sick gals and we mm-hmm. decided that we wanted to uh, speak our truths and share our experiences with all of you lovely people. Also to have a yak because we're a bit fucking bored. <laughs> you, <laughs> usually we're both sequestered inside in bed anyway. So, you know, ain't nothing new for us. But we thought we would do something a bit more valuable with our our time. Just, you know, decided to uh, use up some of those many hours spent in bed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Correct. (laughs) I've got a surprise for you that I didn't tell you about, Chloe. Oh, dear. What is that? Are you ready? I thought this could maybe be a theme song. Hit me. Can you hear that? No. Silence. Silence is our theme song, everyone. It's really cool. (laughs) Okay, so it goes, come on, come on, get down with the sickness. (laughs) Yes, I (laughs) love it. You know that song? I do. (laughs) It's so right. (laughs) That would have been really cool. Listeners, please use your imagination. Yeah. We found out today that we're (laughs) both like boomer levels of technologically like (laughs) fucked (laughs) setting up this podcast has not been easy i queued up all this funny shit for you man i should test like okay for those of you that don't know it's joe speaking at the moment and i've been a musician i hate saying that it sounds terrible but anyway i've been playing bands for about it does (laughs) i'm a a musician it's only bad when men men it's as bad as me it's as bad as me i'm a writer it's only bad when men say it when we're on a date. I'm a writer. I'm a musician. Yeah. True. Go fuck true, yourself. True, true. <laughs> no, yeah. but why do I why do I sound like I'm underwater? And I've literally recorded my voice on many records, but I can't seem to do this. And right. no, it's like the cross-border situation is just fucking us completely. It's not mm. cool. Well, you know, I'd love to come to Sydney and visit you. Yeah, because I, know. I just love Sydney so much. And you love being I'm, in a state I'm that's winking. not in. I'm winking. <laughs> you love being in a state. The listeners. Ah, oh. well, yeah, so look. If you don't know, I live in Sydney, and Joe lives in uh, Melbourne, which is Plague Town. Plague Town. I said I wouldn't say the c word. Mm. It's not cunt. It's grammar. <laughs> We are Australian, but it is not cunt, the word that we are scared of. It's Um, coronavirus. Woo! During this episode, but we've clearly just broken the rule. The unspoken rule, yeah. Uh, 
It was uh, always going to happen. We will get back onto that subject eventually because it's a bit, being in the middle of a pandemic is a bit different for us. But I will ask you, what is it that you do? You said yes. you're a writer. So can you tell me a bit more about that? Yes, I am a 29 years of age, a queer lady and chronically sick. As a job, I'm a writer and producer. I won't say mm -hmm. where, but you can probably find it on the internet. I, I write a lot of stuff about being chronically ill, being queer, just, you know, being stuff. I'm working four days a week at my day job. And mm -hmm. I also work freelance now as a writer and uh, an illustrator, which I never thought I would say, but here we are. I've been doing a bunch of illustrations about chronic illness mainly. So that's been good. So I'm kind of one of those all-rounder people that is an annoying millennial, you know? Well, we have to be, Chloe, because there's no jobs to be had. No, it's a gig economy. <laughs> it is. And it fucking sucks. have to be um, on that grind and resourceful in this economy. Yeah, we constantly have to be adapting. Otherwise, God knows what would happen to us. Mm. Um, mm. Anyway, yourself, Joe, go. I'm a woman about town, I suppose. I'd say I'm a community worker. I've done some writing. I've done some music. I am a failed uh, wannabe politician. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was wondering how long it would be until we got to that. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of minutes looks like. Um, yeah, hot second. Yeah, I know. Uh, I have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, so that's been about about five years now. The occasional chronic fatigue, and my leg is half made of titanium, which is pretty exciting. Wow, I didn't know that. Titanium well, leg. You know. Yeah, gotta yeah. got keep I've some gotta... secrets. <laughs> I'm a mysterious and sexy woman. Yes. yes. I mean, I've got a RoboCop t-shirt on. Mm, um, it looks good. So, I, I like mean, it. Me and, me and RoboCop have a lot in common, being part metal, part human, both being cops. <laughs> <laughs> this is an ACAB podcast joke. Absolute dead set ACAB podcast. Yeah. And I'm really sick of people telling us it's not. Yeah, <laughs> I, hate, I hate it when people turn around and tell us that this is not an ACAB podcast. Rude. Um, uh, yes, I, I also have uh, fibromyalgia. I got diagnosed about two years ago. And God, I don't even know how to really summarize that into a sentence anymore. Um, actually, why don't we, because we both have it, not to cut you off there, doll. No. But should we explain what fibro is? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, um, we'll be covering, we just both happen to have fibro. I, I run a group and Chloe's admin called Chronically Fully Sick on the internet, on Facebook, on the internet, on Facebook. On the internet. Mm, I've <laughs> oh, heard of it. I don't know. <laughs> But that has people with a bunch of different stuff on it. So we're ba basically from fibro to endo to PCOS. Where the boss is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll be covering a sort of chronic illness, the spectrum of chronic illness, which is an incredibly Correct. enormous spectrum. But there is so many overlapping experiences between us all that we thought mm -hmm. that we would make it 
a bit more of a general thing. And so we'll obviously be having people on that we speak to about their specific experiences with their specific conditions and mm-hmm. go from there so we can get as many voices as possible in the mix. And obviously there's an intersection between chronic illness and socioeconomic status, gender, race, all of that kind of stuff. So we'll be covering all of that, hopefully. But back to us, because it's all about us right now. Of course Um, it is. Why else do you start a podcast? (laughs) Tell me about the never-ending pain and suffering in which you live, Chloe. Mm, Ah, yes, my existence. Okay, um, so fibromyalgia, to give you a bit of a gist, and again, fibromyalgia is an umbrella term. So there's a lot of different people that have fibro and have different symptoms um, and different experiences. But as a general explanation, fibromyalgia is when our nervous systems uh, malfunction and uh, send pain messages and just incorrect messages to our brain causing pain, fatigue, all sorts of different bullshit things. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's basically just incorrect messages being sent to our brain because our nervous systems are absolute dog shit. Cooked. Does that sum it up? Yeah, pretty much. So what does it feel like for you? If you were to summarize it, how do you think you would? I think uh, when I'm trying to explain it to the able-bodied people, the way Mm. that I explain it is like, you know, that all over ache that you get when you have the flu, an actual Mm. real flu. It's kind of like that. It's Mm. like that draining, like your body is being weighted down to the ground kind of feeling. That's a permanent state of being for me. And then I'll get other points that flare up randomly, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It's like Mm -hmm. some days it'll be neck and shoulder pain and I won't be able to move my head and because that's so severe. And then other days it'll be in my legs and I won't be able to walk properly. So Mm -hmm. it it does whatever the fuck it wants, basically. I have no Mm -hmm. say over the matter. I can do the best Mm -hmm. I can to manage it, but it just... Mm -hmm. It is its own fucking beast. How about yours? Um, yeah, pretty similar. I do use the kind of flu analogy when I speak to people that don't have it or haven't experienced nerve pain and that kind of thing. But is that primarily it kind of manifests itself in my neck and shoulders and lower yeah. back, but it will move around into my hands Whatever else, like I'll just like, you know, smashed a couple of things over the weekend because I couldn't hold them properly. It really messes with my um, my speaking skills. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm so glad <laughs> the one thing I've suggested and it's the worst possible thing for you. I'm so no, sorry. no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. But I get when it gets See, I don't really get bad, the speaking thing. I just get yeah. the hand loss of movement mobility stuff. Have yeah, you always I had get the speaking thing. I have like I I forget words for things and kind of make up roundabout ways of saying stuff instead of can you get me that container it'll be can you get me that pretty inny guy. Okay, or, the thing in my bottom of jig. Yeah. Yeah, okay. instead of scissors it'll be like cutting dude. The, cutting the legs. <laughs> the old little metal fella. You know, um, the le- the leg the leg guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think fibro fog is a really common thing. That's it. Um, Correct. Yeah, it's fibro fog is 
one of the banes of my existence. It's one of the like sort of really common symptoms that people with fibro will get. And it's the way that I've always thought about it is it's like my brain is wrapped in cotton wool and Mm -hmm. it feels like I'm looking through super thick plate glass. The reality is real, but it just, the way that it looks and feels to me like is it could be the worst possible dream. Like it just doesn't feel fully real. I also get the forgetting words thing it's mm. not it's mm. not cool i forget names a lot but mainly dudes names because i guess all men kind of look the same to me they all look the same and they're all called like matt so it doesn't Jamie, really make a fucking difference tom yeah. glenn you Tim. just said the same three names <laughs> what i don't understand yeah i don't understand the point you're trying to make stop repeating the same name over and over again it's just like (laughs) be we're gonna bleep it all out yeah that's that is a slur that you've just done (laughs) yeah it's pretty fun huh and then i get like if i'm gonna have a bad attack of fibromyalgia like a a flare-up we call it Mm. i'll tend to hallucinate weird smells Oh, really? Yeah. Or or just have an enhanced sense of smell, sensitivity to light, which I think I've always had that because I'm a goth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too pale and the sun hates it. (laughs) Oh, my God. My fiber is playing up. I'm just going to have to stay inside with the curtain shut and light some candle. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've always had light sensitivity. Put on Sisters of Mercy, please. (laughs) Sisters of Mercy, please. My fiber is flaring help. I've definitely always been like Robert Smith levels of goth in terms of pale skin and wanting to stay inside. I could feel when I started developing fibro symptoms that my lights, like my sensitivity to light got so much worse because I would walk outside and I would have to have my hand above my eyes because if there was Mm. sun above me or light above Mm -hmm. me, I just wouldn't be able to see properly. I forgot about that one. That's Mm. (laughs) You know, know, when you've got so many symptoms, you fucking forget half of them. It's like I do... Oh my God. I've been asleep for like, I don't know, two days this week. I think usually I work pretty much close to full time, usually in an office. The fatigue for me has gotten a bit better. Chronic fatigue is usually hand in glove with fibro, I find. Absolutely. I think in uh, previous jobs, I've always been looking around the office for places to nap. Absolutely. Um, Same. One place had a meditation room, which was gorgeous. I would just go in there and turn the lights off and shut the door for about an hour. But other places, I've put a towel on the floor of a shower and gone to sleep. One of my old workplaces had something that we called the crying room and it was just this random little store cupboard that wasn't being used. And so that was Jesus my nap. Christ. That was my nap room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, the media's fucked. <laughs> you weren't we all had crying for- rooms. Were you working for News Corp or something? What is going yeah. on? <laughs> Straight up a Murdoch hack and just sobbing. <laughs> Please kill me. Put me yeah. out of my misery. <laughs> just the succession theme song playing. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm. like, I, I even if I'm having a good pain day, the fatigue will just be like, like I'm back mm-hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely ruin fucking everything. My last good sleeping place at my last job, which didn't get refunded because it was health funding or whatever. So I can, I can say this. I woo. found a room. <laughs> woo! <laughs> found a, found a room where they, 
oh my this is gonna sound like shit I'm so sorry everyone but anyway I found this room where they kept broken office chairs and archive boxes so I found a corner and then I would just sort of surround the corner of the room with chairs and then put archive boxes on the top and then crawl under the broken chairs and have a little nap spot that no one could ever find. You had a little fort. Yeah. That's amazing. I made a fort out of archive boxes and broken chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that just an allegory for our life? Just making a castle out of (laughs) like scraps. I just live in a scrap heap. (laughs) Trash. Just trying to make a beautiful castle for ourselves out of hot garbage. Yeah. I think that's, so, uh, that summarises everything pretty nicely. So when you got diagnosed with fibro, what happened? So I was undiagnosed for about um, eight years, seven or eight years, mm-hmm. um, just constantly going to doctors being like, something's wrong, and them being like, no, you're hormonal slash crazy slash mentally ill slash all of these like, you know, mm-hmm. random things. So that was happening for, yeah, seven or eight years, I reckon. And then I finally got diagnosed after going to a chronic pain clinic here in Sydney and yeah, got diagnosed. And I basically, after that, went and sat in a pub sipping a single beer for about two hours, just staring mm. into space because it was, it was weird. Cause it was like, that was what I wanted. I wanted an answer because I was so frustrated mm-hmm. with all of the years of being fucked around by the medical system. But at the same time, it was confirmation that I was sick and I was going to be sick probably for the rest of my life. It, it was a bittersweet pill to swallow despite the fact that I wanted that pill in the first place, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. And now I have a treatment plan and I have to tick off a bunch of boxes every three seconds to make sure that I don't cause a cause myself a flare-up what about you mm. what happened when you got diagnosed? something was definitely wrong well okay so I thought I was just lazy for ages because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get out of bed and one of my boyfriends bless him but he didn't know he was like you're in bed all the time why don't you get out of bed like, oh yeah. I, c- I also I have that. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then my father got Hashimoto's. Oh my god, I hope I'm saying that right. Disease, which is so. yeah, it's a thyroid problem. And I thought I had it as well, just because of my general exhaustion, some weight gain, just unusual things. Yeah. And it was just like a barrage of testing. I remember I blew into like a silver balloon or something did so many blood tests so much fasting and then it was always like there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong I don't know about you but I I do get a lot of blood tests done still and it's just so frustrating to have them come back and be totally healthy and yeah. fine in a yeah, way it's just like you're a picture of health and you're just like a puddle on the floor being like please I know. kill me so then they sent me to a rumo sorry, a rheumatologist mm. who just is the person that kind of diagnoses arthritis, fibro, all that kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, and the test for fibro is pretty interesting because it just consists of them poking you. Yeah, poking in, you and asking you questions sometimes. Yes. So mm. if you've got fibro, you have like 12 points on your body, I think it is, yeah. that are meant to hurt 
more than other ones. So they poke you in all of those. And if you get, I don't know, eight out of 12 or something, then you've got fibro. Hip, hip, hooray. Congrats. Woo! Yeah. And then, and then they go, hey, you've got fibro. And I'm like, uh, okay. And then they're like, uh, yeah, can't really do much. See ya. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Same. I was like, so where do we go from here? And they were just like, well, you, you, you got the fibro. And I'm like, okie doke. And I just, I went to the pub, like I said. So that was it. That was totally. Yeah. And it's such a, a mysterious and weird thing. So it's good that they're starting to recognize it as an actual thing that exists, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, that was sarcasm. If you <laughs> should have made that more clear, but um, yeah. <laughs> They're like, here's some uh, experimental drugs that may or may not work. Yeah. And let's be honest, they don't work. None of them work. Let's throw some shit at a wall and see what sticks. And guess what? You're the shit. Yeah. (laughs) Your whole body is the shit. The number one thing they recommended to me was start on an SNRI called Symbolta. Mm. It, it's kind of made a bit of a difference on my day-to-day, but it still doesn't stop my flare-ups, which are... Or reduce them. So, you know, it's still blah. Does that function as an antidepressant as well? Or yeah. do you have to take more of it for it to do that? Because I've heard you can take less and it works for fibro, but it's not enough to function as an antidepressant, the fibromyalgia dose. Well, I'm on double the max dose. So <laughs> I'm going to go see. with tasty treats i'm assuming i'm on such a high dosage because of that to function mm. as an antidepressant and a fiber medication you're, you're um tripping balls right now aren't you yeah <laughs> and i took tramadol before we started as well so i am Woo! high as a freaking kite um ladies and, and gentlemen and people <laughs> listening she has a pink cowboy hat she's <laughs> whirling above her head very aggressively and Woo! she's standing on the desk Chloe. Yeah. Oh dear, not again. Bloody hell. She's off at tears. <laughs> Just a classic Tuesday. Oh, yeah, no, it's Wednesday. <laughs> I couldn't go on that because I take what I like to call Alexabro. So I take oh, Alexabro yeah. and have mm-hmm. for a really long time. And going off that, it's terrifying for me. I start yeah. to hallucinate that Jazz Coleman from Killing Joke is trying to send me messages through songs and all this kind wow. of shit. Oh, that's good. That's really so, good for you. <laughs> did you try Lyrica at all? Did they put you on that? That's the other drug they kind of suggest that you go yeah. on. Yeah. So they suggested I start on Lyrica, but I did want to start both of the medications at the same time because, you know, mm. scientific method, then I wouldn't know which one was working. So, mm. um, yeah, I know. She's smart. I started Symbolta first. And mm. then uh, six months later, I started Lyrica. And Lyrica was so bad i got such horrendous uh side effects i was uh suicidal my mental health Mm -hmm. plummeted and it did nothing for my pain side of stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah that is now on my like crossed out red list on my on my doctor's records it's like no (laughs) No. not for you what about you did they put you on any meds well they tried me on lyrica and it does work for some people i have read that it burns out gray matter in your brain that can't be replaced oh there's some weird studies going on 
uh, in regards to that that I've read. But as as I just said, like it's not really tested, nor is its use for, as a fibromyalgia drug really tested that much. Yeah. But if it works for you, fucking great. You yeah. Know? Well, I think but that's I the would... thing is that most of the medications we're going to talk about in various episodes of this podcast are all of this is very subjective just because it didn't work for me doesn't mean it won't work for you so because everyone reacts differently to this shit so it's you know we're just talking about our experiences but your experience might be the complete opposite totally different so you gotta try it yourself there's there's something to be said and a lot of it's been covered in some literature i've read but fibro affects either assigned female at birth or cis women over 90% of yeah, the time. Um, sure. And a lot of these drugs actually are tested on male animals like mice and whatever. Yeah. So we actually don't know what effects they have on uh, the reproductive system or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, well, I think it was in uh, Gabrielle Jackson's book, Pain and Prejudice, that she talks about like that's majority of drugs. Like majority mm. of drugs are tested on mm-hmm. men or male animals, like, you know, cis, cisgendered male animals and humans. It is insane to me that we're being given medications that haven't been tested on our reproductive system, mm-hmm. you know, any of this kind of stuff. So it's and yeah. our cardiovascular system's different, like heart attacks present differently in women. Totally. And it's kind of worrying because a lot of these chronic illnesses that we're speaking about affect assigned female at birth people and women. Yeah, um, for sure. And I'm sorry if I'm getting the terminology there wrong. It's just a difficult kind of subject to to sort of pass when we're talking about it and we're not medical experts but it's yeah. concerning that that 90 i think it is above 90 percent people that experience fibro yeah you know? it wouldn't surprise me like think about how mm. many people that are in our group um yes. the chronically fully sick group and mm-hmm. the vast majority of them are people that identify as women or non-binary mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. it is unbelievable like i think in all of my time being a writer and commentator on chronic mm-hmm. illness and all of that kind of stuff, I've met one cisgender man that has had fibromyalgia. That's it. Yeah. It's Out of all rare. of the people that I've spoken to, like mm. majority of them are either non-binary people or people that were assigned female at birth. It's and, and, you know, and then on top of that, we're being given this medication, which actually they don't really know works. It as a side effect has worked. Yeah, well, I think it's the same as like the some pill. people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For some Wild. people, it works. But my own experience with Lyrica was absolutely hellish. Constantly dizzy, constant vertigo, and I think it's—I'm doing heaps of medical speculation here. I'm really sorry, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I think I think that's going to be a general theme. <laughs> and um, but I believe it is actually for spinal cord injuries. Correct me if I'm wrong. Lyrica. It, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Hey, I do have Google in front of me and I could check, but I can't be fucked. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> so do I. And do you know what? I don't think we should. I think we should just speculate no. wildly into the this void. Is about my, <laughs> this is about our experience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this but is in any case... <laughs> 
<laughs> this is our truth. Medically incorrect, unfounded, <laughs> and possibly um, <laughs> possibly defamatory. Yeah. I can't wait to get sued after releasing the intro podcast. <laughs> so can I just say I'm so sick of people trying to sue me for slander and libel. It happens constantly. <laughs> Oh, just another, just another lawsuit. Bloody every every Wednesday week. For Joe. <laughs> every week, it's a different white guy trying to trying to sue me. Unbelievable! My Twitter Unbelievable. mentions have got to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. Awful. Anyway, stuff. as I did mention before, I have done music and whatever and as you can tell from my um beautiful speaking voice um my voice I am a singer <laughs> singer and a when vocalist. I was a vocalist <laughs> uh, and <laughs> oh my god it's like we're when reading I was, erotica for audible um a vocalist <laughs> uh and when <laughs> when I was uh taking lyrica I was trying to make a record and when I was putting down the vocal tracks I had just been taking Lyrica for a small amount of time and I just couldn't project my voice at all um I know it's a side effect that I don't think many other people have gotten I'd be interested to know um I'm always so fucked off when like I get one of the super rare side effects from a medication I'm always mm. like oh like my luck isn't fucking bad enough Mm. fuck's sake I can't just get the common nausea I have to get like some Mm far out there bloody rare side effect mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I hear that so did that last long the voice um stuff? yeah even when I stopped taking it it stuck around for months and I remember watching Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill has a documentary out had one come out a while back called the punk singer and I think she has Lyme's disease yeah she also had a similar issue with her voice and projection and I don't know if it was because of the medication that she was on but her description of it affecting her singing reminded me exactly of my own experience which is why I think it's really important to talk about that's so Um, interesting She said it was like her voice was an arrow coming out of her mouth and instead of hitting a target like a bullseye, it just sort of came out of her mouth, hovered in the air for a sec and just fell to the ground. Oh, wow. Like you just couldn't push it like far enough. Wow. It was really, 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 really weird and it lasted a really long time. I just didn't think I'd be able to, to sing stuff again. Yeah, right. Which is, um, really shit. Huge bummer. Yeah, absolutely. I know. But it's really awesome that Kathleen, Hannah, and Lady Gaga have yes. actually discussed this stuff. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, I'm not a huge stan of Gaga or whatever, but watching that documentary, I just, like, oh, it broke me. Was bawling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of my big chronic illness idols is a drag queen who um she was one of the winners of her season on rupaul's drag race and her name's evie oddly and she has ella's danlos so there's a series on stan at the moment called work the world and it's Mm -hmm. about all of the drag queens on tour and the episode Mm -hmm. about evie she has a flare-up while she's on tour and this poor beautiful angel is trying to apply all of this heavy drag makeup while sobbing 
because she's in so much pain having a like mm. an ED flare up and mm. she it just broke me. I was beside myself. Mm. But she's she's my chronic illness queen and the fact that she's such a successful drag queen that mm-hmm. tours all around the world while still living mm. with um, Ella, um, Ella's Dan Loss is amazing. So I we do have watching them on that season and just watching Evie do death drops and Honey, no. I can't even walk in a pair of heels anymore. I know, same. She's amazing. But yeah, watching that absolutely broke me. And I think it's like having all of these people now speaking out about their chronic illness and it being in documentaries like the Lady Gaga one and mm-hmm. just regular TV shows like RuPaul's Drag Race. It is one of those mm-hmm. things that I'm like, wow, it is the first time that I've actually seen myself like mid flare up on television you know like i know yeah it is media representation is it's obviously just starting but it is starting mm-hmm. so i think mm. it's really interesting time and i mean i started the online group originally because i was in a lot of facebook groups where people were older than me symptoms were the same as mine but you know they were like in their 60s or something and it's it's really 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 difficult to identify with people so far out of your own age group so far out of your own interests and deal with your illness at the same time I could not stand trying to explain my day and nothing against these these people god bless them you know it's so impossible for me to try and talk about dating with fibro yeah to someone who's 60 and just posts minion memes i know know the minion memes (laughs) they are just a plague a plague on all of their houses i'm not even going to be as Mm. nice as you joe like a plague on all Mm. of their houses because it is unbelievable how many minion memes are shared in chronic illness groups that are kind of dominated by older people um Mm. Yeah, so like our group is specifically for what's the age limit? Like people under the age of forty. Um, yeah, originally it was a bit lower than that, but I started getting old, so yeah, we're going <laughs> to be shifting it up bit by bit. <laughs> yeah, just like I just yeah. change it every couple of years, and no one yeah. knows basically. <laughs> but I recently got to a chapter in the book that I'm writing at the moment, which is about chronic illness and living with. <gasps> You're writing a book? Oh my God, you're writing a book? Oh my God. And so the chapter that I've got to is about community. And I actually talk about the whole situation with age um, and that kind of stuff with a community and, you know, being able to relate to people. Age does sometimes have an impact on that. And like you said, young people do have specific issues like dating, casual sex, partying, like there's all of these things that are part of being a young person commonly, not across the board, but commonly that Mm -hmm. we want to talk about. And, you know, Brenda, who's 65 and, you know, doesn't, she wants to have a say in it, but it it never is helpful. And so, yeah, Mm. we, um, it is really hard and like, that's their space, I think. And I'm glad that we Mm -hmm. created that you created our group and I admin it now because I'm glad that we have our own space because it is Mm -hmm. so important to have community and support and solidarity and Mm -hmm. being able to relate to people, you know, Mm -hmm. and not being able to. And um, not have someone popping in every five seconds and saying, but have you tried the Y word that (gasps) Uh, shall not be spoken? Oh yeah. We, we don't uh, refer to, 
the Y word, it is a what we consider a slur. <laughs> it's an ableist <laughs> slur. <laughs> uh, we are, of course, talking about yoga. Beep. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're, uh, we, we don't want to do the beeps in post, uh, so we're just going <laughs> to... Um, yeah, it, it's, it tends to be uh, suggested as a uh, as some kind of like supernatural, no-fail cure-all to these people mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. it isn't. <laughs> it isn't that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, like, they... it's, it's like saying to someone with depression um i don't know go try smiling more oh fuck yeah it's exactly like that and it elicits the same level of rage deep in my soul yeah it does it's so bizarre like i understand that for chronic pain stretching your body and stuff you know, it, like I do a lot of stretches and that kind of thing because I have to, and a lot of mm. them are based on yoga stretches, and that is helpful mm-hmm. to me. However, it is not the cure all that people think it is. It isn't just like I do yoga every day and now I'm fine. It's not going yeah. to fix my malfunctioning nervous system, Brenda. Like fucking hell. Yeah, and a lot of the yoga. Oh, sorry. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're forgetting. <laughs> we'll have to fix it in post. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- a lot of those poses don't lend itself to doing a plank or something no. if you're having a flare-up in your shoulders and arms and stuff. You're just oh going to fuck yourself up further. Oh, I yeah. don't know. And I have done that so many times when I was younger and un- undiagnosed and I would listen to unsolicited advice that I would constantly mm. get from a lot of people that didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to yoga classes and I did all of that kind of stuff and a lot of the time I'd make myself fucking worse because I didn't know my limits mm-hmm. and I was going over them. So mm. it's not, it's, it's not a cure. Like <laughs> Sometimes no. stretching can help. It's not going to cure mm. you. Um, so speaking we... of unsolicited advice, I want to ask, what is, do you think the worst unsolicited advice that you've ever been given? Hmm. Oh my God. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> There's so have many you, that you have to run through the Rolodex. And then- okay. <laughs> have, have you copped the um, getting pregnant will make your fibro go away? No. I know uh, one of my friends got that for endo, though. Yeah, they do say I've never for endo, it. too. My yeah. God. He's like, How oh, just get pregnant. Fibro? Oh, my God. Maybe the These hormones people. are supposed to, like, magically reset your body or the miracle of motherhood will make me forget my horrendous and unending pain in which I live. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just, do you know what will, like, make my fibromyalgia better and my malfunctioning nervous system is running around after a small child all day. That's going to make Lip- it so much lifting better. Lifting up a toddler and just yeah. raising it above it my, on my head. <laughs> yeah, or having a big pregnant belly will, um, like, feel great on yeah. my nerves and joints and Absolutely. I would like to actually speak to someone that's that's had fibro and and been pregnant and had a child because I'm, I'm really interested to know I mean if that I yeah, yeah if, I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine who was pregnant not with fibro she was pregnant and we actually had a conversation one day about how that's unsolicited advice is something that pregnant people and fi- people with chronic illness have in common because everyone loves to comment oh, on our true. fucking bodies 
Mm. And so I said to her, I can't imagine what it's like to have fibromyalgia or a chronic illness of chronic pain and be pregnant at the same time. Cause I'm assuming it's just people cooing and touching your belly, but then at the same time berating you for not, you know, using crystal therapy correctly to cure your illness. I can't imagine but- what The other thing is it's so problematic saying that to people with endometriosis because they might not be able to get pregnant. Oh, totally. Like a lot of autoimmune diseases and that kind of stuff also have, you know, very low levels of fertility. That is, it is a risky thing to say to any woman because. Oh, totally. Or anyone. And anyone, you know, go figgity, 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 fuck yourself. And by the way, guys, that was a noise she actually made with her mouth. That was not that some wasn't kind of a cool soundboard. sound effect. <laughs> okay. okay. So what, why don't you tell me what is the worst unsolicited advice you've gotten? And then we'll make, we might finish up for the day. Yeah. Okay. So I, again, because I've been working a lot on my book recently, I actually made a full list of all the things that I could remember that people have suggested to me over the years. Mm-hmm. And I looked at this list and I was like, some of these are real bad, like real, real bad. And then mm-hmm. I tried to look at the worst one and it took me a while. Like it took me a, a bit of time thinking about it, but I think the worst one hands down is drinking my own urine. What? Yeah. Someone was like, Oh, if you drink your own urine, you get back the nutrients that your body didn't process properly. And that's what you're actually missing. Are you and I was- friends with um, Pete Evans? <laughs> yeah, my mate Pete Evans uh, called me up and was like, I've got a machine and uh, yeah. drink your own piss. So yep. coronavirus drink- and fibromyalgia solved. Drink your Brilliant. own piss, uh, mm. get some sunlight up into your butthole. Yeah, and look sunlight directly chugging. Wh- <laughs> sunlight yeah. chugging and look directly into the sun while you do it. Yeah. Is that possible? Yeah, that would be possible. Yeah, and that's oh my God. fibromyalgia yes. podcast over. Woo! <laughs> we did it. Hi, thanks for listening. <laughs> you. Um, yeah, no, it was um, a complete stranger. They overheard me at the pub talking to a friend about how, like do, having a full vent about fibromyalgia. And they're like, oh, I know a guy that had fibromyalgia. And uh, have you ever heard of like urine therapy? And I was like, no, <laughs> please move away mm. from me. But he obviously didn't. And yeah, told me that a like it is a, a thing that people do, urine therapy. Ah, uh, see, I've been into a Facebook group about this stuff. Interesting. Why? Yes. I just like to see what maniacs about town are up to, just so I can sort of monitor their activities. <laughs> yeah. We've got a it's a safety, it's a neighborhood watch thing. It's the chronic it illness neighborhood watch. It's like how you sort of follow someone on Instagram that you fucking hate just so you can Absolutely. Like, yeah. Keep keep an eye out. It's just but let me tasks. tell you, it's the wild west in there, my friend. Mm. Nothing about fibro though. So really? that was disappointing. What, was, what were they drinking their own piss for? Oh fuck knows. To make themselves smarter or something. They'd probably do it <laughs> to protect against coronavirus now. Just gargle yeah. your own piss and you can yeah. kill the virus in your mouth. Or kill whatever. the virus and make your dick bigger. That's it. That's those are the two things that they want. Actually, um <clears throat> I've got this new program that I'd like to sell to our listeners to mm. kill coronavirus and make your dick bigger. Um <laughs> but you have to email. <laughs> Email me for the details. Yeah. It is a, uh, a burgeoning opportunity for uh, <laughs> a 
a diamond scale burgeoning opportunity and you won't have to sell any tights. <laughs> oh, yeah. you? That's right. Get in, get in right now. Entry level discounts, people. <laughs> yeah. You only have to give us a thousand dollars up front. Woo! Email me at drinkyourownpiss at gmail.com. I'm sorry to who, whoever has the actual <laughs> Gmail address, drinkyourownpiss at gmail.com. I'm going to, I might go gonna... see if I can get it. <laughs> Okay, I think this has rapidly devolved, so we should probably just leave it for a little bit and see yeah. how much we get cancelled. Yeah, I'm uh, sure it'll be um, at this. least a little bit. Yeah. I think it's good. happened to me at least three times now. Hmm. But it's, you know, it's not as bad as you think. Yeah. I, could, I just have to read that book where it's just like, so you've been publicly shamed online. And I'll be like, yes, I did talk about drinking my own piss. And then, you know. I, I wrote that book. <laughs> uh, the drinking your own piss book. Cool. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. And with that, we will bid you adieu. Yes. Adieu. Yeah. Adieu. Something like adieu. that. Adieu. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, see you. Farewell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see you later, cunts. Um, yeah. That's the uh, first episode in our chronically fully sick podcast. But uh, yeah, if we don't get cancelled, we'll be back with episode number two. Okay. Bye. Mm-hmm. Oi!